Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting, the Everything You Wanted to Know About Shrunken Heads edition. I mean, finally. <laughs> it's about goddamn time. It is. Jill, it, it took is. a little too long. It took, it took 107 episodes to get to today, which is <laughs> episode 108, How to Test if a Shrunken Head is Real. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that is the question on everyone's minds. Yes. It's the question just circulating. Um, through politics, mm-hmm. it's just... It's the hard question no one's asking or answering, and we're going to do both today. Finally. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. And I'm Jill Chacha, and I am with the just passionate Marissa Riley. That's me, and I am passionate about heads. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's that, great. I mean, that, was great. that came out wrong. There's no right way for that to no, come out. No, not though, really. Right? No. no. Okay. Mm. Well, let's just all sit with it. Um, <laughs> it's hard for all of us. You know, Marissa Riley, comedian, artist, oh. passionate about heads. Yeah, that's me. That's my new <laughs> and LinkedIn bio. So, does LinkedIn have bios? I don't know. I haven't signed on in a while. <laughs> I haven't seen that shit in years. Yeah. Uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome to the flock. Welcome. Dr. Riley here comes in cold and learns everything in real time, just like you. It's true. I had no idea what we were going to talk about today, but I was really hoping it was going to be shrunken heads, and <laughs> I got lucky. You. It is Christmas Day for you. Christmas goddamn day. That's right. <laughs> so, my friends, today is a history, crafting, and science lesson all in one. And the subject is an object I bet some members of the flock, yeah, some members of the flock are familiar with, mostly because we've seen them as props in films or TV shows. Oh yeah, I'm talking about shrunken heads or their official name, Sansas. Sansas. That's right. Like Sansa's Stark uh, from Game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oh my god, that show just won't go away. It will not leave. It, it is not... in our lives forever, Jesus. whether you watch it or not. you watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Yeah. Well, it's true. Some are very, very real, and even more are are fakes to some extent. And today we're gonna talk about who made them. Okay. Why? Yeah. And how. Yeah. Yeah. And it's I'm very excited about that. Me too. Also, where they ended up. And why distinguishing commercial-made heads from ceremonial heads is super important, quote, in the global effort towards decolonization and preserving and understanding indigenous history, end quote. As so well said by Jeff Renaud of fizz.org. I, I have to say the one thing that, like, um, yeah. really stuck out to me is where they've been hiding. Yeah. As if, like, there's a closet full of them somewhere oh, that someone forgot about. And then... <laughs> They bought a new house, they opened it, and they are like, oh, oh shit. Oh, the heads, fuck. Oh. <laughs> I forgot about the closet heads. Ah. The, the, the heads of the, the closet what, full of heads. What do we do? <laughs> <laughs> just close the door. Just forever. close the door yeah. and just move. Move on, yeah. Uh, so we've got lots to cover, and I, get, I reckon we should begin. We should. All right. To do so, we need to head on over to the stunning countries of Ecuador and Peru. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And for my fellow geographically challenged Americans, don't worry, I got you. Easy peasy. Uh, now, picture South America. No problem. Okay, now point to the northwest corner. You got it. There is Ecuador, and right below that is northern Peru. 
There you go. Easy. Easy. I love it. Now, this massive area is home and has been home to the Shuar and Achuar people since basically the beginning of human time. Amazing. <laughs> it's so sad that I've never heard of either of those yeah, people. That's really depressing. I'm glad we're talking about them now. Though. Finally. So just to give you an idea of how long the indigenous Shuar people have been here, uh, according to the wiki, the word Shuar in the Shuar language simply means people. I love it. Easy. This is so easy. I'm assuming it will not be easy at some point. Okay. But we're going to touch upon some difficult things. But yes. <laughs> Dr. Marissa, would you like to take turns telling our beautiful members of the flock out there a little bit more about the people? Yeah. And a little bit about what happened when Spanish and European colonists arrived in the 1600s. What do yeah. you say? Yeah. Right. I say yeah. All let's, right. Let's fucking do it. Um, <laughs> that was a lot of cursing for... Uh, me. It's okay. valid. It's yeah, it's valid. Okay. So from the wiki, quote, the people who speak the Shuar language live in the tropical rainforest between the upper mountains of the Andes and in the tropical rainforests and savannas of the Amazonian lowlands in Ecuador, extending to Peru. The center of Shuar life was a relatively autonomous household consisting of a husband, his wives, usually two, unmarried sons, and daughters. Upon marriage, sons would leave their natal household and son-in-laws would move in. Fun. There you go. Brady Bunch. <laughs> exactly. So... From the time of first contact with Europeans in the 16th century to the formation of the Shuar Federation in the 1950s and 60s, which, side note, thanks to this unionization, Shuar identity is still a presence in the area oh, and amazing. even in the modern formal government of Ecuador. It's like super great news. They're, like a, they're still a big deal. Cool. Yeah, it's wonderful. I love it. But before that union, quote, Shuar were semi-nomadic and lived in separate households dispersed in the rainforest, linked by the loosest of kin and political ties. Amazing. Continuing this amazing knowledge of the Shuar people. <laughs> Quote, in the 1800s and throughout the 1900s, uh, Sansas and the elaborate process of shrinking the heads of slain Achuar uh, became popular with Europeans and Euro-Americans. They began trading uh, manufactured goods, including shotguns, asking in return for shrunken heads. Mm. The result was an increase in local warfare, including headhunting mm -hmm. uh, that has contributed to the misconception of the shua, uh, of the shuar as violent, end quote. Yep. God damn yep. it. The shuar just wanted to live with their big, interesting families. That's right. That's all they wanted the to forest. do. In the forest. Just to be left alone. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, then of course, very long story short, white folks and their demand for the heads of locals increased the production of sansas. So and sad. War. And so, war. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sounds about right. So, however, there's only so many heads to go around. So mm. the pressured Shuar did what anyone else would do, produce counterfeits. Yes, uh -huh. yes! Ugh, I love it! I would do it too. What's called commercial sansas were often made from animal skins, including pigs, monkeys, and sloths. According to our main source today, a study published this past August in the, in the journal Plus One, these animal skins could mimic human morphological features by being softened in hot water and then molded over a wooden form. Cool. End quote. They also used a combination of human parts and animal skin or hair to create one head. Essentially, they used whatever creatures were around to keep Europeans happy. 
Amazing. Do what you got to do and yeah. then cover it. And I don't know what, what was dangerous back then. Poison. <laughs> yes. Cover them in poison. They should have. They really should have. Yeah. Honestly. They probably thought it. They were probably working on it. <laughs> but in this drive to make as many Sansas as possible, over time, literally over 200 years, the original purpose of Sansas became muddled. Museums today are filled with commercial-slash-fake shrunken heads, and ceremonial heads are mixed into those collections. Interesting. Yeah. Dr. Marissa, please tell us, because of this, what was the goal of Maria Patricia Ordonez, Lauren Poeta, and fellow researchers? I would love to talk about it. All right. From sciencealert.com, quote, So blurred is the line between cultural artifact and whimsical Tchotchke. Tchotchke. I did not. Hold on. Sidebar. I did not know that's how you spell tchotchke. It's weird. (laughs) Oh, my God. I don't know what the origin of this word is. I guess. I think it's Yiddish. It's Yiddish. Oh, my God. Okay. The word tchotchke is spelled with two Ts, in case you didn't know, in (laughs) interesting places. uh, Go look it up. Okay. Um Let's do this again. All right. So blurred is the line between cultural artifact and whimsical tchotchke that it's all but impossible to tell which Sansa are authentic products uh, of a lost culture and which uh, were fabricated to cash in on our fetish for strange, the strange and exotic. That was a real confrontational uh, (laughs) sentence because I'm like, yeah, these people suck. And then I'm like, no, we are obsessed yeah, uh, as humans yeah. with strange and weird shit. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing. Okay, <laughs> continuing the quote. Now, thanks to experimental work carried out by researchers from Western University and Object Research Systems in Canada and the University of San Francisco, uh, Quito in Ecuador, anthropologists might at last have a tool for distinguishing which are most likely to be fake. End quote. Go. Thank God. Yes, my friends. Thank God. <laughs> I need to know if uh, the, uh, what was it? Yeah. Um, Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum uh, in San Antonio, Texas actually had a head. Ooh. They definitely didn't. Or if it was fake. It was, We're looking at you, Ripley's. Yeah, We're looking at San you. Antonio, Texas. Where'd you get the head? <laughs> Where'd you get the head? They probably made it. <laughs> So, my friends, in sum, these researchers want to reclaim a part of the Shuar and Achuar heritage. Now, what their process was and which shrunken head they examined Amazing. to help distinguish fakes from the reals, we will get into. But first, we have to talk about these real shrunken heads. Like, what was their original purpose? And you guessed it. How were they made? Uh, yeah, yeah. How do you make know. one? How do you, how do you, do you get a head, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got, you got to start with a head. We'll but, get into that. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> you, got, you got to get yourself a head. Okay, so their purpose. Drum roll, please. Well, it was fucking awesome and more metal than you could expect. I love metal. Uh, lead authors Lauren and Maria explained after a person was, uh, let's say, neutralized. Okay. If okay. I'm going to use a military term. Yes. The victor would then attempt to, quote, trap the avenging soul of the deceased and protect the survivor from spiritual revenge. <gasps> Yes. By creating a Sansa, the soul is trapped inside the remains as the eyes and mouth are closed, so there could be no unintended impact on the living from the spirit's power. End quote. I love that. I really love that. Um, 
Yeah. No. No further, further comment. comments. Yeah. Just gonna <laughs> powerful man. Put that one in my pocket and think yeah. about it later. That's right. It'll just pop up. It'll just pop up when I'm eating noodles. It's <laughs> right. like, oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The heads of my enemies. <laughs> <laughs> heads of my haters. I know what to do with them now. Thank God. Ah, uh, but wait. There's more. Dr. Marissa, please tell us. Did the Shuar also make sances of their own people? Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, let's Check see. All right. Quote, a belief exists among contemporary Shuar communities that sansas may have also been made uh, from Shuar clan leaders mm-hmm. who died of natural causes. This would have harnessed their power uh, positively for the community going forward and shown respect to past leaders, end quote, from the study. There you go. So they did it for the bad people. They did it for the good people. There you go. And the medium people, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah, it's kind of an insult. Yeah. You're like, you're not hated and you're not loved. You're like, oh, God. What the fuck is that? <laughs> what the fuck, man? But on behalf of all medium people, I feel left out. <laughs> Be more inclusive <laughs> of the average folk. Yeah, we need our own place. Yeah. Like in, like in the good place. We like need, in the good. We need we, a medium place. We need a medium place. Yeah. <laughs> so, so shrunken heads were multi-purpose. Some were honoring the dead. Some covered the asses of warriors. Mm. But I know what you're here for, really. How do you make one? Finally. Oh, right. God. That's right. Channel your inner Martha Stewart. Yes. We're making some heads. Yes. Herbs. <laughs> That's how she pronounced herbs. 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 You know, I love Martha, though. I love Martha. She's yeah, been she's incarcerated. Great. That's right. It's so cool. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> now the authors note, there is no official Shuar written account. There is no how-to manual, if you will, between oral history and by looking at specimen, specimens. 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 This is the official, uh, not, I, actually, delete, delete. It's not official at all. This is the method... <laughs> Sorry, this is the method and uh, ethno historians have come up with. Amazing. Uh, Mike McRae of ScienceAlert.com wrote a concise summary of the process, and Dr. Marissa and I are going to take turns giving you the instructions. I love it. So if you're squeamish, I mean, why are you even here? Oh, what's going on, <laughs> guys? <laughs> and second, you can fast forward like 30, 35 seconds or so. That's fair. I think that so. sounds good. Okay. All right, take it away, doctor. I would love to. All right, quote, heads were typically severed, off to a great start, uh, (laughs) at the base of the neck and strung on a vine or thrown into a basket uh, to be taken back for processing. The scalp was split open with a bamboo knife or a sharp stone or shell with the skull removed and discarded into a nearby river. Interesting. There you go. The skin was subsequently boiled for up to two hours, killing microbes and causing the flesh to shrink slightly. Okay. Then it was a matter of turning the face and scalp inside out. Remove. Yeah. What? This is where the magic starts. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, Inside out, removing as much connective tissue as possible. Stitching the eyes shut with fiber, uh, stitching the eyes shut with fibers from an astrocarum chibira palm. Nailed it. A palm plant. And turning the whole thing back the right way again after that. Oh my God. That's, I don't know. That sounds really hard. That's my takeaway from this is like, (laughs) 
I, it's an afternoon. I thought I was going to do this. Now I'm like, I don't have any of the materials or the patience. It's at least an afternoon. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I build furniture for fun. Okay. Um, continuing uh, this amazing knowledge. Uh, quote, once the mouth was pegged shut with bamboo or sewn with more fibers and other incisions stitched, hot rocks were placed inside the head to help further shrink it. Finally, hot sand was poured inside to fill every nook and cranny, drying out, drying it out, and helping ensure preservation. End quote. There you go. I really want to see this in like WikiHow form, <laughs> or to like a YouTube video. Oh my god, that would be bad. That but be like, bad. if it was like a schwar person like yeah. doing it, mm-hmm. and yeah, maybe that they would could, be. Maybe they could do it with like. You know, like a Muppet head or a <laughs> like a Barbie or something, <laughs> like a Ziploc baggie. <laughs> no, like no, a... no, that's okay. Don't, uh, don't, no one try it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that's that, that's a good point. Okay, yeah. so so that is that, and I know what you may be wondering about. What about them ear and nose holes? Oh, uh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> oh, and I'm a doctor too. God damn it. <laughs> well, the researchers believe in ceremonial heads; those were left unblocked. Okay. And not stitched up. However, quote, ear adornments were common, uh, featuring wooden tubes, feathers, beetle wings, or bamboo lobe expanders that were used to accentuate the lobes stretched by a person in their life. Those could be reapplied. Oh. Excuse me. Author Maria Ordonez further discovered, quote, commercial stances were commonly held in place with pincer-like instruments when molded due to the heat, creating another unique commercial production signature, end quote. And that was from the study. So my friends, we've made it. You've made it. You did. You fucking made it. And we know who produced these heads and why. Yeah. Uh, We know how. Yeah. We touched upon some important words as well, like commercial stances and production signatures. We now find ourselves at the last question. Oh. How can we go about telling fake heads? From the ones that trapped souls. The most important question of all. That's right. The most important question you will ever ask yourself in your life. <laughs> Which one has the soul? Yeah. It's, there you go. <laughs> Maria and Lauren have some guidelines. So, after the break, we're going to take a look at ahead. Finally! That's right. Stay tuned. Please do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, which has all the tools you need in one place. 
to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. And my friends, we are leaving the beautiful continent of South America and heading on over to the land of opportunity, Canada. Oh, <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Uh, specifically, we are at the Chatham-Kent Museum in Ontario, and it was here Lauren Poeta, Maria Patricia Ordonez, and their team got their hands on a head. Finally. That's Thank right. God. It's happened. It's happened. It's happened and yes. it's happening. Now, like a lot of specimens you'll find in a museum around the world, uh, this Sansa was, air quotes, donated by a white family. Uh, mm, what? That's... <laughs> What is referred to as the Chatham Sansa, it was, quote, introduced to the museum's collections uh, in the 1940s after the local Solman family purchased the Sansa while exploring the Amazonian basin. The Solman family did several world tours, and they also donated an Egyptian mummy and associated objects to the Chatham-Kent Museum. The original <laughs> Sorry. I'm just going to let you keep doing it. <laughs> Very committed. I love it. Thank you. The original record indicates that it came from Peruvian Indians, but contains no additional information. End quote. Well, first of all, I'm glad that they are um, liberating themselves of all of these artifacts yeah. that should probably be in museums and studied. Mm -hmm. um, second of all, I love your British accent. Thank you. Um, and third, <laughs> let's talk more about... This goddamn head. This goddamn head. Sorry, this head. That the, sounded offensive. Yeah. Uh, no, no I, I, we're excited. I'm excited we're to hear York. about the head. If we don't curse in a sentence, it's not a full sentence. Exactly. Yeah. Fucking true. <laughs> so, <laughs> the Chatham Sansa. All right, let's go. So, my friends, the researchers didn't have much to go on. The paper trail wasn't enough to determine if this Sansa was authentic. Mm. So, Dr. Marissa, before we get into the indigenous the indigenous the ingenious way before we get into the ingenious way the researchers analyze the head uh would you like to see it yes please yeah. i really want to it's happening yeah. okay uh i'm gonna show you a photo i don't have it here i'm gonna show you a photo oh my god what if you did oh my god and you just pulled it out uh, from under the bed and you you'd had it there for weeks oh my god horrifying that's not what's happening uh, right it now. is a photo and all photos we talk about of course will be on our social media stuff so please come on by and take a look at the chatham kent museum uh sansa all right <laughs> i'm looking at it now yeah. i'm looking at it oh, oh it's, okay yeah it's in there it's, it's in there. really in there yeah so i am looking at a head <laughs> it's got a lot of hair it's, it's like remarkably long 90 yeah. percent hair and it's not like like whatever hair you're picturing you're wrong like it's it is like long share of hair yeah it is like 
it, it looks like a wig Cher would have worn or mm-hmm. hair Cher would have had. It's just very long and dark and wavy and parted in the middle. Mm-hmm. So we've got that going on. And then inside of that on like a pedestal, you can see a little head. Very tiny. Very tiny. It's yeah. it's the top, I would say, from like the eyes, under the eyes up, It's the skin is very dark. Mm-hmm. And then I would say from the tip of the nose down, it, the skin is like more of like a kind of a caramel mm-hmm. color. And then um, its eyes are closed, its mouth is closed. And then it looks like, I don't know what this little braid is. Yeah, it looks like there's uh, maybe perhaps that's the Salmon family. Maybe they were hanging it. Oh, unfortunately, oh, yeah, because it does man. go through the nose. So, oh yeah, the there's like a piece of like um, rope rope going yeah. through the nose. Yeah. I was trying to figure out if it was like a a beard or something, but yeah, it's going through the nose, yeah. and that's pretty upsetting. Yeah. But so. Uh, if you're curious about size, the length of the hair is 42 centimeters or 16 and a half inches long. Wow. So that gives you an idea of how shrunken this head is. Yeah. That's 16 inches. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of hand stuff that no <laughs> one can see because it's a podcast. But yeah. So the head is very small. Speaking of which, uh, my friends, you know, we should just cut to the chase. Uh, is this Sansa, this shrunken head, actually human? Drum roll, please. You're damn right it is. What? That's right. Ah, amazing. <laughs> Dr. Marissa, what technology did the team use to figure out if the hair and the skin was indeed from a person? Oh my God, I would love to talk about this. All right, from uh, fizz.org, quote, using CT scans and high resolution micro CT scans, researchers were able to determine uh, the Sansa currently held in the collection at Chatham Kent is in fact real human remains and not a counterfeit made from animal body parts or other alternatives often used in commercial reproductions. Uh, This is the initial step in determining the authenticity of this subject. CT scans produce two-dimensional images of a slice of a body or body part, which are then collected and layered to construct three-dimensional images. Quote, uh, this technique really redefines archaeology because traditionally archaeology can be aggressively destructive, said Lauren Poeta, uh, Anish Inab researcher and project associate uh, in Western's Office of Indigenous Initiatives. Uh, digital archaeology, including computated, uh, computed tomo tomography nailed it uh provides a whole new dimension of validity and refreshes the field by making it far less invasive end quote perfect so they didn't have to like cut it open to like figure it out they could just take these scans they just took a shit ton of scans and put them together like a good sandwich easy i love a sandwich (laughs) (laughs) yes my friends these bonkers scans can get right down into those follicles to determine if they indeed belong to the human species. And this is the first step in authenticating, but it has a major impact. As Jeff Renaud of phys.org put it, quote, this novel scanning approach is a significant first step in, step in authenticating stances as the global community shifts its mindset towards indigenous-led reparation of human remains art and archaeological artifacts currently held in public and private collections around the world. 
and cooked. Amazing. Yeah. I love I love that we're giving it the respect it deserves. God damn. Yeah. That's right. And just bringing it back, honestly. Yeah. It's so, cool as fuck. Yeah. So now that we know it's human, how could we tell if it's ceremonial or commercial? Oh, well, shit. We have to look for extremely subtle clues. So is this Sansa commercial, ceremonial? Drum roll, please. <laughs> this head is a mixed bag. Okay. <laughs> We're not exactly sure. Uh, although this is totally made of human parts, which leans towards ceremonial, right? Yeah. Uh, other materials used on the head suggest it's commercial. Oh. Quote, a close examination of a fragment of thread shows that it's not smooth, like chambria, like the chambium, chambira palm. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> so I could say, let me say that again. A close examination of a fragment of thread shows that it is not smooth, like chambira palm fibers, and it appears to be made of twisted threads that flare out. Oh. The twisting is also present in the eye stitch. Uh, thus, it is likely to be a modern thread rather than plant fiber. I see. Yeah. A visual inspection of the inside of the neck, uh, the incision area demonstrates that dark colored glue has been used to keep the two halves of the incision held together. While this is not a ceremonial practice, it could have been applied for conservation purposes anytime post-production. I see. Okay. So, yeah. There's some glue, which Someone is not... Someone glued it back together. Yeah. <laughs> that's so upsetting. Yeah. So, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. So, determining if a head is commercial or ceremonial is going to rely on very educated guesses. Uh, the researchers conclude that this one is probably not ceremonial, but it is totally human, and it came from South America. Cool. Yeah. Amazing. And here's some more good news. Now that this Sansa has been verified as human, researchers at the Universidad San San Francisco de Quito in Ecuador, aka the academic partners on the study, they're going to work with representatives from the Shuar and Atuar peoples of Ecuador and northern Peru for the next steps. I love that. Yeah. That makes me so happy. It's fucking incredible. Yeah. So they're probably going to bring it home. Bring it home. I know. <laughs> this poor fellow is... Has been out there traveling with glue, and yeah. now they get to go home. Now they get to go home. Cool. All it took was some scanning and some good old-fashioned detective work. Yeah. And you know what? We got to get these heads back where they belong. Let's get those heads home. That's right. Operation Head. Operation Heads. <laughs> That's the end. The end. <laughs> so, thank you for listening, rating, subscribing, telling your friends how to make a shrunken head tell all of them just text them text them right now <laughs> no hello text your mom text your don't mom don't text your mom don't just let her have a break <laughs> she's worried about you don't don't do just, it just text her at all like <laughs> text leave her something out else yeah, yeah. Say, hi, a picture of yourself they love that <laughs> yes exactly and please stay interesting please do